0: Howdy. This podcast contains explicit content. And we do our best to announce potential triggers.
1: Sources can always be found in the episode notes and picture references can be seen on our Instagram at the dog hair free. Use the same handle at the dog free to find us on all other social media platforms.
0: Ratings and reviews really help expose the podcast to new listeners. So we'd really appreciate you all taking the time to leave us a note.
1: Thanks for your time.
0: The dog hair is free. Not coming out of the track laughing.
1: I'm sorry. I just we it we were struggling to get to this point and we finally hit play and Charlie comes in and like just rams her head into my table.
0: Headbutts the the table holding in the between
1: iPad. listening to the music. It's just like, oh my God.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh my god.
0: I think I think this week uh, we might have been a bit more apt to use the, the I'm not okay track
1: yeah god
0: (laughs) for the intro despite the content material
1: yeah i am running on um ramen maybe a boba drink that had possible dairy in it that will mess me up and then i came home and thought it'd be a good idea to have a cup of coffee and then i got hungry so then i had a handful of ranch pringles (laughs) good (laughs) so
0: those are good though those pringles
1: i'm not okay (laughs) yeah
0: i think we're both not okay but, hey, we're here,
1: yeah, hey, your we're your here? song was really good. oh, thanks. yeah, I really liked that
0: did you did you pick up on what I was trying to do?
1: I don't know, but I felt kind of like spooky western, like uh, I was in like a kind of like a cool ghost town in the West.
0: Well, so the line is um the uh the Jurassic park bum oh is it bum bum bum. But it's um, it's Western fad.
1: Yeah, I almost want to listen to it again mm-hmm. to like pick that up because, yeah, I was kind of like
0: <laughs> you're, you're struggling in general. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the The bass line is that that main line. Um, you know, the slightly different key and whatever else, and then um, the. Uh, Shoot the melody part of it, like mm-hmm. the more higher guitar part that you hear is the um, is like the other part of the oh, the main Jurassic Park. That's thing. pretty cool, yeah. But it sounds like a spooky western, apparently.
1: Yeah, but it, it's, cute. I mean, I'm not
0: arguing with it, it does sound like a spooky western, but
1: well, it's uh, spooky western works for it though, because you find most dinosaur bones. I was, yeah, out west.
0: I, I was thinking of that scene in the beginning of the first Jurassic yeah. Park when they're in the um the desert.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you why.
0: Mm.
1: Because today's episode is about Sue the T-Rex.
0: I was smooth. That was yes, real, you're welcome. I was real slick. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. Do you know who Sue the T-Rex is? I know I've kind of been like spoiling it for you, but beforehand, did you know who Spoo who, who spo- the T-Rex was? <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you know
0: Spoo? Do you know Spoo? <laughs> God. <laughs> We're not okay
1: oh my god i'm gonna start crying we're not okay
0: um yes yes i do know who sue the t-rex is um okay she is she not the well they from from what i know because mm-hmm. sue is potentially a they're, they're not entirely sure if we we if have no idea male or female yeah. yeah um it's uh the first like mostly complete or completed t-rex skeleton yeah to have been discovered or something yeah. like that fossil yeah. to have been discovered
1: so with that we'll get into it um but yeah this is going to be oh hey by the way um merry christmas merry christmas yeah we forgot we were, we're actually trying to fully disassociate from the holidays so that's why we forgot to say merry christmas at the Mer- beginning but, merry,
0: merry Christmas. Um,
1: this is going to be a three-parter mm-hmm. episode
0: because we hate ourselves <laughs>
1: um it's kind of like a special holiday thing for you guys but also wow i just like i was doing all this research and i wanted to go into so many different directions and i like couldn't leave anything out like and i still have more that i wanted to expand on i just had to stop myself Mm -hmm. so we might have more about t-rexes in the future because there's just like a lot of really cool information about dinosaurs that we could talk about Mm. this might turn into a dinosaur podcast (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah Merry Christmas there's going to be three parts to this possibly we'll see um, this first one um, we're going to talk a little bit about Sue and like where Sue is found and kind of like what fossils are and a little bit of like Native American history and then, then we're going to go into like this whole thing about like legal battles because that's another reason why Sue is really well known is because she is or they are covered in a history of legal battles and then afterwards for the third and final episode i want to talk all about like all of the cool fun stuff that t-rexes have to offer and then a lot of like sue's potential history that we can tell from her fossils Hmm. so with that all being said um merry christmas again and i hope everybody enjoys
2: (laughs) yeah
0: all of my research merry christmas happy holidays happy kwanzaa yeah happy happy
2: (laughs)
1: yeah i hope this is available for people like when they're traveling
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) to and
1: from holiday stuff um and that we can give you some kind of like reprieve
0: (laughs) yeah what's this this is out on the 26th 25th 28th Yeah. yeah so you might be done traveling by now but hey
1: but that's new year's time as well so yeah. like yeah
0: either way we hope that we can give you something to sit yeah and listen to curl up with a with a uh, uh, with a mug of cocoa okay <laughs> and your and your dog and a fireplace
1: or special loved pet
0: yeah isn't that nice
1: yep okay
0: we're having such a hard
2: time (laughs)
1: yeah anyways uh who is sue Mm -hmm. yeah so as you were saying sue is one of the most complete and best preserved skeletons of a tyrannosaurus rex it dates back to 67 million years back measures about 42 feet long 12.8 meters and was found august 12th 1990 by american marine archaeologist and paleontologist susan hendrickson this fossil was found on south dakota's cheyenne river sioux reservation and specifically on a cattle ranch owned by Maurice Williams. Hmm. So they're calling the fossil Sioux based off of Susan, who found it, um, but I'm altering history right here and now and saying that it was named after the Sioux Native American tribe.
0: We got to change the spelling of it then.
1: Yeah. Which we um, can
0: do. We can do anything. It's our podcast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's because it was found on their land. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're already calling it Sioux because...
2: like. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So
1: why is Sue well-known, besides being the largest and most complete skeleton and a friggin' Tyrannosaurus Rex, Sue comes with some drama. For this story, we've got dinosaur custody battles, shady fossil training, FBI raids, auctions, McDonald's, dinosaur forensics, and on a much more serious light, the tragic treatment of Native people and their land that they should rightfully own.
0: But not McDonald's.
1: Yes, McDonald's. (laughs)
0: Native, okay, pause. Native tragedies are, are terrible, but pause. Pause. not McDonald's.
1: Pause. We're going to unpack all that. Uh, because I really love wasting your time and lack brevity. I'm paused now. I'm going to go over some things that we might already know. Okay. So, first up, what is a Tyrannosaurus Rex? According to Wikipedia, the Tyrannosaurus is a genus of large theropod dinosaur. We will unpack what theropod means and much more about T-Rex later. I just want to give like real quick, like like a little sneak peek. Because I, I like I said, I started looking into it and just like, wow, there's a lot that I wanted to go over. So Tyrannosaurus rex is the genus, or Tyrannosaurus, excuse me, is the genus, Tyrannosaurus rex is the species. And it's one of the best represented theropods. For short, we're saying T-Rex for now. The T-Rex lived in what we now known as the Western North America, which used to be an island continent named Laramidia. Okay. Um, so America was split right down the middle by the sea uh, and then squished back together over time. Hmm. And most fossils found date them to around the upper Cretaceous period, which is about 68 to 66 million years ago. Hmm. Um, T. rex is a bipedal carnivore, So that shit ran on two legs and ate meat. (laughs) Okay. It had a massive skull along with heavy tail to balance it out and tiny little arms. An average size for a T-Rex measures about 40 feet in length, head to tail tip. So think of like an average size yellow school bus. Mm -hmm. Really quick. I did research for things that are about 40 feet and most, if not all, were not helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. One was like two anacondas. <laughs> I was like, "Cool, got it." Okay, great. Uh, yeah. Another one was like 11 55 inch TVs. <laughs> I like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 like, Thanks, mom. Like, <laughs>
0: oh, goodness.
1: Um. So, and and they averaged about like 12 13 feet tall from the hit. Mm-hmm. Twelve. Um. Average weight could be around nine tons, but I think that's probably taken with a grain of salt because we mostly just have the fossil and we don't really know what the mass could have been around it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I mean, we have an idea for sure, but we can only think so far based Mm -hmm. off of what we have. And in its day, it was the apex predator being the largest known land predator and has the strongest known bite force all over all other animals.
0: Ever,
2: ever,
1: yeah, I think so.
2: Hmm.
1: Well, uh, in its day, let's say in its day, okay, yeah, um, because there might have been like very large like sea creatures.
0: Yeah, well, and it's I, I don't know the the whole like bite force thing is always interesting because you hear about like like pit bull bite force mm-hmm. and like crocodile bite force and stuff like that, and it's I, I never have like a good perspective. For what goes into that kind of stuff? Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch? There There was a show and they would build. Where they
1: made the robot animals. The robot ones. And then they'd like crush watermelons in the metal jaws. Yeah.
0: And yeah. all of the, yes. all of the <laughs> like Guy Fieri looking guys on the show would be like, oh,
1: whoa! It was about like if two animals fought each other mm-hmm. and they would make these like robots. Yep. But then they wouldn't do anything with them.
0: Yeah, no, well, and then they would they would simulate the battle in, a, like, a 3D animation. Yeah, like a graphic, end. but then the no.
1: robots are just like, meh, like, just for, like...
0: <laughs> it's just for the testing purpose.
1: Just for the visual. No, because we already know the bite force. Yeah. It's just to crush watermelons.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because
1: Why? they would input that shit.
0: Yeah. Why it's is-
1: not like, it doesn't make any new...
0: Like- Why is the saber-toothed tigers... uh. By force so important to test because we've got three extra watermelons <laughs> that we don't know what to do with. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yes, I don't I don't remember what that was I don't remember what it was called.
0: Yeah, I don't remember either. I just remember the walrus versus polar bear episode. Oh and, wow. And the walrus like owns the polar <laughs> like, bear. <laughs>
1: like ice picked the polar bear on top of a ten with one of its tusks.
0: <laughs> spoiler alert, if you ever watch that episode, the walrus comes up from behind while the polar bear's getting out of the water <laughs> and fucking stabs it in the back with its tusks. <laughs> and there's just a, a dead polar bear in the ocean. Which is Arctic's hilarious.
1: Ocean. Because like the walruses aren't moving fast. Like, is that polar bear just like not? just not there not thinking anyways we have we need to get back anyway if
0: you ever have a moment aside from watching (laughs) the next two episodes or listening to the next two episodes of this podcast watch that show just do a search for uh
1: discovery channel uh robot animals
0: walrus versus polar bear yeah i think jaguar versus gorilla was another one i don't remember yeah it's good though it's it's a good watch there's a lot of butt rock
1: okay (laughs) All right. Are we done? Anyway. So it was the apex predator, great bite force, whatever. um, Thought to have hunted hadrosaurs, the duck-billed ones, sauropods, the ones with the long necks and tails, and juvenile armor herbivores like ceratops and ankylosaurus.
0: Thank you for for specifying the duck-billed one because I had no idea
1: uh there's no try in ceratops right now because it's not all only had three horns so
0: there's no try in ceratops no, there's no only do <laughs> <laughs> you're not a try, ceratops. you're, you're a, a, a do <laughs> <laughs> <God.
1: laughs> oh, i'm gonna start crying <laughs> any like extra emotion makes me lose it
0: it's been a long
2: week
1: okay So we're going to stop there talking about T-Rexes because there's a lot more that I want to go over, but we have three fucking parts to this, and we got to move on because we're already struggling.
0: (laughs) Jess is legitimately about to start crying.
1: (laughs) I'm dead right now. I'm dead inside. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Next, let's talk about paleontology. According to the ucmp.berkeley.edu site, Paleontology is the study of fossils and what they can tell us about the ecologies of the past. And according to Wikipedia, the word paleontology originates from the Greek paleos, meaning old or ancient, on or ontos, meaning being or creature, and logos, meaning speech, thought, or study.
2: Mm.
1: So, paleontology. Nifty. Uh, But this field can be subdivided into more niche studies such as micropaleontology, which is the general study of microscopic fossils, regardless of what group they belong in. Uh, paleobotany, study of plants, including fossil algae, fungi, and land plants. uh study of pollen and spores, both living and fossil, and produced by land plants and protists. Uh, invertebrate paleontology is the study of invertebrate animals, such as mollusks. Echinoder, echino, oh, I already spelled this. (laughs) I fucked myself up. Yeah, echinoderms, whatever, starfish and shit, and others. (laughs) Starfish. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know.
2: Starfish and shit. Yeah, this
1: starfish shit. And then vertebrate paleontology, uh, which is the study of vertebrate fossils from primitive fishes to mammals. Uh, Human paleontology, or Paleoanthropology is the study of prehistoric human and proto human fossils like Lucy, hmm. who we saw.
0: We did, yeah. Um, in the, where was that? Uh,
1: the National History Museum in New York. And yeah. Um, and then taphonomy, which is the study of processes of decay, preservation, and the formation of fossils in general, ichneology, which is the study of fossil tracks, trails, and footprints. And then paleoecology, the study of ecology and climate of the past being revealed by both fossils and other methods. Mm. I really wish I could have gone to school for paleontology. Yeah. <laughs> that shit sounds really cool. All of those. I'm like, I could do that. I would love to do that. Mm. That's so cool. And and a lot of the times you start reading up on people who are paleontologists and they're like always the coolest sounding people. Mm. Like, explorer extraordinaire, studies fossils here and bugs there, has a PhD from, like, some super prestigious school, like.
0: It's a lot of, it's a lot of writing.
1: I, I'm doing a lot of writing now, what are you talking about?
0: Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm already doing that.
1: Um, But, yeah, it's, it's the travel that gets me, because I would have a very hard time traveling.
0: I bet, I bet the person that was behind that uh, glass in that room when we went to the Outer Banks, mm-hmm. to the Pirate Museum. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, dusting off some old, like, anchor mm-hmm. that they pulled up. I bet she has a paleontology degree.
1: Oh, probably, yeah.
0: Or something. Some type of, like.
1: History. Mm-hmm. More more history related, probably. Because I was about to say maybe she's, like, the ancient human one. But that's not ancient human.
0: Mm, no. But I still. I bet she done did something about the, uh, the uh, uh, you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, she's smart.
0: she's she's smart
1: we know she's smart she's
0: real smart and now all of our families get to walk past and our kids get to push their booger noses up against the glass while she does her work and
1: try to yell at her through the glass asking her what she's doing (laughs) what are you doing um okay so next i want to talk about fossils Hmm? i found this site databyu.com, that i'll be sourcing for this next bit um sometimes when i find smaller sites like these uh, I like to go to the about page to see who's putting this all together. Um, so before we get into fossils really quick, I do want to talk about um, who created this site. Luz K. Molina, Molina. I'm sorry. Luz K. Molina. Who is a marine scientist and has a master's of phytoplankton Phytoplankton abundance and composition at the University of Southern Mississippi.
0: That's something that uh, another, like, side note. I won't tangent for too long. But uh, a lot of times when you see when people get degrees in stuff like I don't know, zoology or mm-hmm. paleontology or whatever, it's always in some like really niche thing. Right. Like like her thing is phytoplankton. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so your in like entire educational career has been spent just researching
1: the, the abundance and composition of the smallest fucking of, organisms. Of
0: microscopic <laughs> things. Well and similarly like um uh our friend from ECU, uh Katie Clemens. Yeah. Her her like whole thing is zebrafish and yeah. like zebrafish brains and their like brain I, I could be misquoting her. So if she's listening, I'm sorry, Katie. But like their brain chemistry and like how they behavioral mm-hmm. things and stuff like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but again, tiny things. Tiny things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah, it's cool. Um she then pursued a PhD in visualization at Manchester Metropolitan University, so now her focus is creating interactive visual graphics from collected data to display for researchers and public viewing. Wow. Um, later in my research here, I'll be referencing one of her visuals, so watch out for that.
0: Because um, it's coming at you. Watch it's coming out. out for at you it. quick.
1: Um, so what are fossils? Fossils are altered remains, impressions, or traces of organisms and plants that have been preserved in Earth's crust. In order for remains to be considered a fossil, they must be older than 10,000 years old. The process that creates fossils is called fossilization. Damn. (laughs) For an organism to be fossilized, the remains of the organism have to be of a certain quality. So in most cases... Soft body parts will decompose long before they, they can be fossilized. But in very special conditions, these softer body parts can be preserved if they are completely buried in an anaerobic condition, meaning that there is no oxygen present to sustain bacteria that would compose or decompose the soft body tissue. Uh, a lot of the time we see this in volcanic ash and rock or in areas previously underwater if the, if the right chemical conditions are present. Uh, hard body parts are much more suitable to be fossilized, such as bone and shells. Most invertebrate animals have a skeleton or shell made up of calcium of a calcium composition. Calcium carbonate and calcium phosphate are often or are common, but silicone dioxide can also be found. Once decomposition has taken place and the hard body remains are quickly buried, the organic tish- tissues can be petrified, which is when the material is converted into a stony material meaning that most fossils that we see today are made up of rock material and are impressions of the organic tissue that once existed. But there are different types of fossils, so let's go down the list. We just went over petrified fossils, where the organic material is converted into stones over millions of years. Mm -hmm. So, like, when you go to the museum and you see dinosaur fossils that are, like, true and real and not just, like, casts, Mm -hmm. that's actually just rock. We don't actually have the bone. Mm -hmm. We just have impression of the bone that has been converted into rock material because things can't just be, matter is not destroyed, it's converted. So, I mean, decomposition happens, but those cells are converted into something else Mm -hmm. or eaten away. Uh, So yeah, petrified fossils. Mold fossils are when the organism is completely covered by sediment and over time is dissolved by water. The shape of the or- organism is recorded as a mold within the stone and reveal only the soft body exterior of the organism. Hmm. Yep, so it's like if you like put an item in like a bowl and then you pour like a silicone like mixture over that mm-hmm. item and then it sets and then you open it back up, you've made a mold and mm-hmm. you can take that little toy or item out and now you have a space within the silicone That is the shape. So basically, rock and sediment is doing that to animals
0: due to decomposition of softer parts. Though, I would imagine that there is not a whole lot of molds around that are of like the outer Mm -hmm. presence of a an animal. Right? Well, you know what I mean.
1: Yes, that's if the mold is staying open. Right. Mm -hmm. Because now you have this like weakness in the rock and you think, well, the rock's just going to get crushed. So that leads to the next one, which is a cast fossil where the previous mold fossil is then later filled with more mineral sediment to create a cast of the organism. Hmm. So if you have a rock and it's got a mold in it over time, that mold is going to be refilled. So now you just have a rock Mm -hmm. that could be holding a casted mold of a being of a creature you do see this a lot with like smaller organisms though. Mm -hmm. Not so much with the bigger ones because there are, but the bigger ones, I guess there are more opportunity for that cast to just be destroyed Mm -hmm. from the land moving. Mm -hmm. Carbon films are when an organism is covered in a fine sediment and the moisture and gases within the organism are pressed out, leaving a carbon print. So we can see this more, see this preserving more fine details like in plants or animals that might have had like feathers. That's why, like, have you ever seen that one fossil that's really, like, like you always see the, fo- like, Archaeopteryx fossils. Right. Yeah. Where they've been, like, pressed. That's, that's kind of a mold cast, possibly a carbon film mixture of a fossil. Mm-hmm. Where we see the carbon print of the feathers. We have the mold that created around the Archaeopteryx. But then now we have the cast of the Archaeopteryx within the rock mold. Yeah.
2: Well, similarly
0: to that, the uh, uh, impressions of uh, like prehistoric ferns and yes. stuff too. Th- that's
1: carbon. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's an instance of that.
1: Um, two more. We have preserved remains, which are the animal's original remains when the animal's original remains are not altered too much, and we can see this in organisms that were frozen in permafrost, insects in amber or tar. And then trace fossils are fossils that give us evidence of life for example, footprints tracks burrows and marks on trees over time, the markings and holes are filled with minerals and are later found as rock mm. so another example example is coprolite, which is poop
0: i've I've been anxiously waiting for you to start talking about yeah. fossilized poop
1: so poop can tell us a lot about how an organism lives
0: so excited (laughs) you have a whole section about this
1: (laughs) that's honestly that's it that's it yeah now i'm upset (laughs) that's all that's all i got on poop but (laughs) i didn't do that on purpose um do you remember when i had this like weird obsession with watching the big brother bbc like Mm -hmm. the celebrity yes big brother house on bbc
0: how could i forget we watched at least five seasons like
1: obsessed excessively watched a lot and there was this one season that's newer where they brought a lady in and she like told them all to poop in a box and she was going to analyze their poop (laughs) and she got one girl's (laughs) and her poop was so bad that the analysis was like are you okay
0: how does is that what she did for a living (laughs) yes okay (laughs) some random lady (laughs) yeah poop in this box (laughs) in his box so I can rifle through it.
1: Yeah, no, uh, it was just like like you were gonna find anything. Like you're a healthy person being stuck in this fucking house.
0: I feel like that's. I mean, it was I guess... the
1: season with Tiffany Pollard New York
0: uh-huh. on it. Did we watch that season?
1: I watched that season.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I'm a, I,
1: I don't know what you did, I, but I watched. That I, I didn't season. watch it. Um. Yeah, it's when we lived in Colorado, and I was just like.
0: So, no, that's why. Yes. Because yeah. you were at home all the time, and I was out working all the time. Yeah. Because yep. life was hard in Colorado.
1: Life was so hard in Colorado. So. It's not changed.
0: <laughs> it ain't just smoking pot all day, <laughs> as many would have you believe.
1: All right. Uh, where are most fossils found? And what areas offer the best environment for preservation? hmm So most fossils are going to be found in sedimentary rock that are of a certain age and exposed for us to see. These can be cliffs, uh, river valleys, hillsides, or other human-made exposures like quarries. Or like if you know when you're like driving up the mountain and you see like the walls of rock that are dug out to make the road. Mm -hmm. Like those kind of things. Other more arid places like deserts, mountains, and badlands are locations where fossils can be found because they experience large amounts of erosion that expose the fossil. Hmm. Erosion is when rock and sediment is removed from a location by weather or force, uh, i.e. wind, water, rain, earth, wind, fire.
0: <laughs> Do you remember? Do
1: you remember? <laughs> uh, historically, we have found that the most variety of fossils in North America are in North America, China, and Argentina. And within North America, the most commonplace fossils have been found... Jesus Christ.
0: Uh, Why don't don't you just start that over again? Because when you were saying it, I was listening to you, and I I thought my brain stroked for a second (laughs) listening to
1: it. It's mine. Uh, So historically we have found the most variety of fossils in north america china and argentina
0: that that makes more sense to me
1: (laughs) and within North america the most commonplace fossils have been found that had been found i just wrote that wrong (laughs) (laughs) okay so in north america the most fossils have been found are in the midwestern states between texas and montana
0: why did not you just write that
1: i don't fucking know So, remember when I was talking about Luz K. Molina? Remember! Molina? <laughs> so, she was all about the data visualization. Mm-hmm. So, if you check out her visual on her site at databayu.com northamerican North fossils, you can see a map of the states with a key on where the fossils were found and what age they belong to. I also took a screenshot and put it on the Instagram, but take a moment and poke around on her site because the maps are all interactive. Why we really don't see fossils in the eastern part of the states is because there is a lot more vegetation and soil layers that can hide or further destroy fossils. Hmm. Um, And in the western states, it's all basically desert and plains that are easily eroded and expose layers of ancient rock. And this midwestern area is exactly where Sue the T-Rex was found. More specifically, in the Cheyenne River Sioux Reservation in South Dakota.
0: South Dakota? Okay. That's, isn't that where the Jurassic Park movie opens up? The first one?
1: I don't remember. In I South should Dakota? know that because I stressed watched out,
0: uh, uh, you, Jurassic Park. You like watched it two three th- times, two, two or three, three times. times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> on the plane <laughs> to my parents' house.
0: Over Thanksgiving. Yeah. Every time I looked over, you were at a different part in Jurassic Park.
1: Yeah. I should know. Anyways, this is going to be a more serious part because um, we're going to look at the Cheyenne River Sioux Reservation. And I think it, it we need to be more serious about Native American history and culture.
0: <laughs> so I should not have opened my second beer. <laughs> Go so on. there Series. is this
1: nice site that I'll be using to source a lot of this information. hmm it is listed in the description for, of this episode, but you can visit the site at Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe.org. Um, let me see. Uh, let me spell that out really quick. Cheyenne is C H E Y E N N E. River Sioux is spelled S I O U X Tribe.org. Or, what?
0: Or, <laughs> or as you said. In the last episode, um, trying to pronounce uh, Susie and the Banshees. Sweet, sweet. Sweet,
1: sweet. Sweet, sweet. (laughs) Okay. So, this reservation today is collectively over 3 million acres with three major waterways that include the Missouri River, the Cheyenne River, and the Moreau River in central South Dakota. If you're not sure where South Dakota is, it's right under North Dakota.
0: Wow. All right. If you're not sure where it is, look at a fucking map, you pleb.
1: Okay. It's one of the Midwestern states of North America and sits more north near Canada. So if you find Texas on the map in North America, jump three states up, there she is.
0: Texas is the biggest state, so it's hard to miss.
1: Yeah. And the reservation is somewhat in the middle of the state. Mm -hmm. Uh, The habitats within within the area are mostly mixed grass prairie Cedar river breaks, hardwood riparian draws, and agricultural fields. A uh, riparian zone is basically uh, just like the forested area around a river or a stream.
0: Hmm. Repair, riparian, as in like to repair something?
1: No. No. No, that's just the name of that zone. Oh, okay. R I P A R I A N.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, that's fucking cool. <clears throat> like, like, right in our backyard, that's riparian zone. Oh. Yeah.
0: That's fucking cool. I'm supposed to be talking about a T-Rex, but I'm talking about a whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, one, shut up. Two, in this area is where the Sioux tribe of Native people lived. Mm-hmm. The name Sioux is a shortened name given to the Native people by the French transcribers from the Ojibwe word, not a Sioux. Mm. Nadoisu, Nadoisu, I'm sorry. Okay. Which meant little snake or little enemy, but can also be lesser snake or lesser enemy. Mm. The Ojibwe were located more in North, more north in Canada from the Sioux territories, and by assumption, were probably not on great terms <laughs> mm-hmm. with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, by assumption, it was the French that transcribed the word Sioux because they were settling in Canada and were doing their own damage to the native Ojibwe people in that area. But we're, that's a story for another day. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are three major groups of the Sioux, the Lakota, Dakota, and Nakota, and each have their own dialect. Mm-hmm. The Cheyenne River Reservation is home to the most western Lakota Sioux tribe that contains seven bands, or Tuyospaie, which means group, band, or family. They're also referred to as the Titu Tituunwan, which is people of the plains. Hmm. Uh, to be more specific, the reservation is inhabited by four of the Tios Pae, Um But I'm I'm very sorry for my pronunciation. I'm really trying.
0: At least, at least you're trying.
1: I'm really trying. I looked up things, um, uh, but I I couldn't find a, a good source uh, for pronunciation that had like audible examples.
0: My, my Native American lit professor would be very proud of you Thank for you. at least try.
1: I did find a website for a, like a written guide on how to pronounce stuff on native-languages.org slash Lakota underscore guide. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're interested in the Lakota Sioux tribe pronunciation of words, that's a great place. Mm-hmm. Also, the Cheyenne River Sioux tribe site seemed to be spelling everything out phonetically. Hmm. So I'm just trying to adhere to how they're spelling things out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's the four bands, right? The four Tiospaye. There's Minikoju, which is the planters by the water. There is hinumpa, which is two kettle. Itza, itza zipcho, which is without bows. And Siha Sapa, which is Blackfoot. So now let's talk about shitty land allotment laws.
0: Okay. Short. <laughs> sure.
1: This is all important, okay? Mm-hmm. This is all important. It needs its time. Well,
0: we'll talk about dinosaurs in a second. We'll get Hold there. your horses.
1: But this is all very important because a lot of fossils are found on Native American land,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and we just like don't even talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it frustrates the fuck out of me. Like it makes me like I got to this part and I just was like so angry. Like I had to walk away. Mm-hmm. Like I just get so angry when I do Native American history stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, These next parts are sourced from the reservation site and Wikipedia. Um, In 1868, the Fort Laramie Treaty established a massive reservation called the Great Sioux Reservation that covered parts of the Dakotas and Nebraska, which includes the area that we now call the Cheyenne River Sioux Reservation. Hmm. Prior to the treaty, the Native people on the land didn't really have set in stone boundaries, um and led more nomadic lives that kind of followed their food sources so where the buffalo and bison went the tribe nomadically moved along with them mm-hmm. uh, same with like foraging too like if you pick all of the foraged food from this area and you leave a little bit so it can like continue growing you're going to have to move to forage somewhere else to wait for those items to grow back
0: mm-hmm. like right well and of, of course too with the seasons and everything yes. certain things are in season One season, yada, yada. Yeah. In
1: 1887, the U.S. Congress passed the General Allotment Act, also called the Dawes Act, that would break up the communal tribe's lands and assign 160-acre plots to individual white families to encourage farming. Mm -hmm. What was even more shitty about this act is that they didn't take into consideration the the condition of the land and that 160 acres was too small to farm within the arid conditions. Which is crazy because 160 acres feels like a whole fucking lot. Mm -hmm. But what I'm guessing, I'm going to do a little bit of assuming here. But if you have a lot of fields, like sure you have a lot of fields, but if you have a production goal based on a ratio between the amount of land to output and the conditions are bad and you're losing half of what you plant to the poor conditions, you need more land to make up for the loss?
2: Uh, I don't know
1: which like skews the ratio which now is like not so i don't farming's hard um... it, yeah
0: well there uh, well aside from even the just the base level conditions of the land that you're quote unquote given or allotted or whatever that's not to say that there's not a drought one year or you know mm-hmm. uh, just general like variable conditions mm-hmm. in the that plot particularly
1: Mm-hmm well
0: farming's hard (laughs)
1: farming's hard man like well and from what i remember too when we lived in washington it's like you don't always just use the same field you move from field to field and let them rest Mm -hmm. which then leads me to think that like you do an amount of work on one field and let it kind of like build nutrients for you to farm again so if you only have 160 acres and you farm on that one plot of land and it doesn't really yield much and then you gotta wait because you just can't go putting something else into the ground you have to let the ground like rest
2: mm-hmm.
1: so it's just not lucrative mm-hmm. at all which is fucking stupid because this is the government i'm like y'all should know better
2: all right all right <laughs> coming down
1: it's bad enough that you stole this fucking land and now you doing stupid shit with it like god damn it <laughs> yeah yeah okay
0: that's uh, that's american history 101 yeah y'all doing stupid shit with the land
1: So then, in 1889, the Sioux Agreement Act would break up the Great Sioux Reservation and set boundary lines for five smaller reservations. The Standing Rock Reservation, Lower Brule Indian Reservation, Upper Brule or Rosebud Indian Reservation, Pine Ridge Reservation, and the Cheyenne River Sioux Reservation. After establishing the boundaries, the government opened up around 9 million acres of land for public purchase. Most would not be bought until around 1910s, with the Enlargement Homestead Act that would increase the assigned lots from one sixty to three twenty acres. Mm, well. so let's just like eighteen eighty nine to nineteen tens. That's a whole like decade.
0: Wait, Eighteen eighty nine.
1: Eighty nine. So like, let's round it up. Nineteen hundreds.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then this land wasn't put back and like like sold again, I guess, by the government or just like sold in mm. general. Until the 1910s. So it was just sitting there.
0: About uh, 20 years. Yeah.
1: So it's just like, what the fuck, dude? Like...
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. American history, 101.
1: What yeah. the fuck? So the tribes received about $1.25 per acre um, if they sold their like land off from the reservation that they were given.
0: $1.25?
1: Per acre.
0: I mean, I guess adjust for inflation or whatever else but still
1: yeah nothing and this only offset the expenses of meeting federal treaty obligations to the tribes Hmm. to make matters worse the soil was not the best suited for farming and held little moisture as we've already stated so by 1930 the inexperienced farmers paired with the already existing conditions would result in the dust bowl Hmm. so a lot of the farmers dipped out and abandoned the land Mm -hmm. which means the native people could have their land back the government just transferred the line to federal agencies like the National Park Services, uh, which to- took over the National Grasslands and the Bureau of Land Management. Hmm. And all of that sounds like somewhat civil and like there was just a bunch of concert- conference room meetings and it was abs- but it, it was not.
2: Yeah.
1: It was not peaceful. I didn't get into it, um, but there's all kinds of fighting and threats, um, the native people struggling to survive, and then there's the history of Sitting Bull. Mm-hmm who was the chief of a Sioux band who the government thought was trying to exit from the reservation area. So they approached him. But in the quote unquote negotiations, chaos broke out where 18 people were killed, including Sitting Bull and his son. Mm-hmm. There is so much more to that. And I, I, I just really wanted to do this part justice because, like I said, it really just like fucking boils my blood anytime I have to go into American Native American history. Mm-hmm. um but
0: may the realizes it
1: but we do have to move on yeah she's like she like came into the room <laughs> and was like mommy you need to calm down
0: <laughs> mom, mom, i feel
1: your blood pressure raising from the living room <laughs> all
0: right. i was asleep on the living room and i woke in a startle
1: <laughs> if you would like more information i really recommend the cheyenne river sioux tribe site again it's cheyenne river sioux tribe.com they have all the records and treaties in pdf format Tribal government and voting information, uh, employment programs, and everything you need to learn about that and to understand the Sioux people of this area. So, great. We remembered how much the U.S. fucking sucked for doing that to the native people.
0: Thanks for reminding us.
1: But why did we do that? Because wouldn't you know it, in all of the land that the U.S. took from the native people, lay dinosaur fossils.
0: Hold on. Hold on. Dogs Dogs. <laughs> <Exciting>. <laughs> Dogs.
1: They're like, Yeah Dogs. Mom is being loud. That means we're playing.
0: <laughs> Dogs. Take it take it to the living room. Go to Charlie the
1: room. said my my calm chews wore off. Yeah. And I'm wild. <laughs> her, her,
0: her anxiety chews. <laughs> we finally we'll just we'll diverge for a second since we're kinda off the, the Native American uh discussion. Yeah, we got uh Charlie some <laughs> Anti-anxiety, CBD, doggy chews.
1: I'm about to eat one myself.
0: Yeah. The, it says not for human consumption on the package.
1: So. <laughs> the hot Cheetos aren't for human consumption, <laughs> and I eat those all day.
0: <laughs> but we eat those anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, shut up. Um, <laughs> So, yes, uh, in the land that we took from the native people lay dinosaur fossils, and you just can't be digging that shit up for free. For free. Yep. So, this is where part one is going to end. Oh, really? But here's a little teaser. Tease me. Here's a little teaser for Mm. part two. Uh, So, let's jump way forward in time to August 12th, 1990. Do you remember that date?
0: Uh, I'm sorry. One more time.
1: August 12th, 1990.
0: 1990. Yeah, we started the episode with that, did we not? Yeah. What is it from? That's when I wasn't prepared for a quiz. (laughs) That's when we found Sue, right?
1: Yes. Susan Hendrickson and a team of paleontologists from the Black Hills Institute of Geological Research, or BHI for short.
0: I have nightmares where I'm not prepared for a test. (laughs) You can't can't do that.
1: They're excavating in the area owned by a cattle rancher named Maurice Williams when Hendrickson noted a couple of vertebrae sticking out of an eroded bluff. Hmm. The BHI reportedly bought the fossil from Williams for 5K and wrote, Theropod Skeleton, on the memo line, hmm. then the team sets out to excavate the whole skeleton display at the institute, and that is where we are officially stopping for part two.
0: Cool. yeah, all right. yeah, so tune in uh, tomorrow for the exciting continuation of Sue the
2: T-rex.
1: yes it'll be it'll be more fun, not so like uh, <clears throat> reading a textbook. Um, I just, I think that's kind of the way that I like to set up my episodes is that I'll go into like vocabulary stuff type things first Mm -hmm. and then it like slowly progresses into like where we're going Mm -hmm. because one, like just for content purposes, like if I just started out, like, uh, Sue was found on Native American land, period. The episode would be like 10 minutes.
0: Hmm. Well, then, But
1: it's all of the stuff that gets to that point that are really interesting to me.
0: Yeah. Well, and just as like a, an editor's note, if you don't find that interesting at all, I'm trying to do better at including episode notes and timestamps and stuff in the, the episode notes, yeah. the description. So if you want to bypass all of the like, what is a theropod, dinosaur, whatever else, mm-hmm. um, we'll have little spots for you to like jump to in the episode so just as a side note
1: yeah so yeah anyways thanks for listening we'll see you in part two
0: we'll see you tomorrow um but we're gonna keep talking in real time because boy we gotta get this shit recorded so we're gonna hit pause and we'll be
2: right back yep (laughs)